Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. It's the sound you've waited months to hear. It's caused some of your greatest triumphs. The Duke Blue Devils win the military bowl. And your biggest heartbreaks. The Duke Blue Devils are going to set a record here this afternoon. Never before have they won 10 games in a season. It's the option at Georgia Tech. It's Howard's Rock. The smoke in Miami. 35-40 Leonard's loose. And every Saturday, you tap that sign. The wait is over. College football is here. Champion gear that I rock. All right, never mind. Welcome back to the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7. WFNZ team week continues. The Duke Blue Devils, we are talking defense. We talked about that offense yesterday and how potent they can be. 18 starters return in total to the Duke Blue Devils. And when you look at this squad, 2022, some of the ACC ranks that this defense had made a lot of improvement just last season. Fifth in scoring defense, giving up 2020, uh, 2020, 22.1 points per game. They were second in total turnover. So that was a huge thing. And they were sixth in sacks by. So they got after the quarterback. The things you don't want to see in 2023 from this defense, they were 11th in pass efficiency defense. They were also 14th in third down conversion defense. That's dead last in the league. They gave up around 43% of first downs to opponents, and they were 12th in red zone defense. So that has got to change. Elko, we know, uh, is a specialist in defense on top of giving responsibilities to his defensive coordinator, to which they will have two of those this season. Whether you're talking about Jess Simpson, the co-defensive coordinator alongside of Rob Smith. But this crew, uh, they made lots of improvements. They went from 54th in total defense, or they went from 43rd. Oh, my goodness. I'm all over the place here. <laughs> they improved a lot, okay, on defense. That's all but, you uh, The most significant turnaround came in turnover margin, where Duke jumped from 108th nationally in 2021 to an ACC best and number two national mark of plus 1.23. They also, in 2022, ranked first nationally in fumble recoveries, punt return average, fifth in fewest turnovers lost, eighth in tackles for loss uh, allowed. Then you talk about, well, that's the offensive line. They did great there. And then uh, ninth in most, in both, in the, Boy, we all over the place today. Both fewest fumbles lost and most turnovers gained. So this is a defense that they were good enough last year. And we talked about the close games that they lost, but their biggest uh, trait that they are great at is turning the football over. So hopefully they can continue that in 2023. Well, they have a new defensive coordinator. So Elko brings in a former Texas A&M member as well in Tyler Santucci, named to the Blue Devils' vacant role after losing a Smith who goes back home to Minnesota. And so you see the big-time improvement that they had 
from 2021 to 2022, it was a monstrous improvement. They are losing a couple of starters that led the team in tacklers and tackles. So that's going to be something that's going to be hard to replace. But the defensive line, they're all coming back, Wes. Like you've got a stout front four and an experienced front four, which is fantastic. Here's the numbers that improve for them. After Duke allowed almost 40 points a game, along with 517 yards per game to the opposition. The next season, those numbers were cut to 22.1 points per game and 378 yards per game. That's, I mean, that's crazy. You almost cut your point total allowed in half per game and your yards almost go down 200 per game. That's absolutely ridiculous. That's Mike Elko being a defensive specialist coming in and completely revamping that side of the ball. And you're doing it with the talent that was already there recruited by David Cutcliffe and then expanding upon that a little bit more so. I know you make a big deal about the front four needing to produce at a big time rate allowing to have you know having pressure on the opposing quarterback and then hopefully he can continue to throw interceptions which is the strong point of this defense forcing a lot of turnovers and so i think that's where you're looking Wes. would you agree the front four is that where it all starts for this side of the ball oh definitely yeah and my fault on that walk i was looking at the wrong doggone media guy that's why i said the all wrong right. defensive coordinator but santucci does step in but this is a crew that yeah jamie i'm franklin you talk about a big man down in the middle a nose guard at its finest he reminds me a lot of Gilbert Brown just when you look at him on the surface on the eye test and then Dwayne Carter this is one of the best players in the ACC this guy was an all ACC that's right this guy was an all ACC member selected by the media at ACC kickoff and this guy's a big time player in the middle and he'll probably be uh, a first second or third round draft selection in the NFL draft. You're talking about a guy getting pressures on the quarterback. He had 11 tackles for loss and five and a half sacks on the interior of that Duke uh, defensive line. So you like what you get there. Jalen Stinson's another guy that's a a really good contributor for them. Al Blades came over from Miami. They got a legacy game. Right? I think that this is uh, an indicator of where Duke football is going. When you can get a legacy Miami Hurricane kid in blades to come over and then they've got miles jones there's a veteran corner as well so this looks like a crew that's set to be uh a little bit better than what they were last season the run defense started out a little bit porous to start the year but they got that one tightened up and again like i said this unit forced fumbles and then when you are the best in the country at recovering those fumbles uh this is a crew that like i said offers a lot Got to shore up a little bit, especially when you're talking about that third down defense, man. You've got to be able to get off the field and give the ball back to that offense that we talked about that can be so potent next season. 43% just isn't going to cut it, and it's going to wear your defense down uh, over the course of a football game. So you're hoping that it levels out a little bit. Maybe you don't have the plus 16 turnover margin that was second in the FBS. That's a lot. But maybe you can get off the field in third downs, and that would allow you to get the football back as well. And it puts a lot of pressure on your defense, making sure that they force a turnover, right? Help yourselves. If you can get off the field on third downs, then you won't have to rely on at least a turnover and a half, anything to that degree, a game. And I think this defense can be a lot more successful, especially with some pretty interesting quarterbacks coming up this year, right? Drake May, we know what he can do. He was a question mark coming into last season, but we know Drake May now, no question marks. This is someone that could be the second overall quarterback 
taken in the NFL draft. I think Brendan Armstrong is going to be able to figure it out this year with Robert and I coming back as the OC. So I think Brendan Armstrong and C State, they're going to have a nice program. I, I don't know the schedule in front of me. I can look it up. Regardless, we know that the ACC has some pretty good quarterback play coming into this season. So if you can balance that out, I think you're going to give them the benefit of the doubt as far as Duke being able to continue to build upon what they did with Mike Elko. And the good thing about Santucci coming over, Elko and Santucci have worked together in four different spots. So this is not a completely new name. This is not all right. I get the job have turnover after one season completed. Now I got to find somebody I've never worked with before. Yeah. You bring in somebody that you have familiarity with. And I think the defense is going to look in large part the same. You do have a couple guys on the back end that led this team in tackles, as I mentioned, but you also have a surprise return that was going to help you out in cam Dillon, where that pandemic extra year of eligibility is really going to help the squad out. It's all about the experience with Duke West. That That's why they're going to be a successful team offensively, even defensively leading a couple of key pieces. That extra year of eligibility and the experience that they have is really going to help this squad in what is a harder schedule than what it was last year. Yeah, because you look at that 2021 Texas A&M defense that Santucci was the leader of, and he helped them get to a number three national ranking and scoring defense, and they were top ten in the nation in red zone defense as well. Some of the issues that we talked about with Duke, man. And so when you look at the schedule and the quarterback play in this league, they're going to need this defense, especially to be the turnover kings that they were last season because you want to get that offense as many possessions as you can. And so when you start to break down the defense too, and I know that Santucci has some familiarity, obviously, uh, and a little bit of a bomb with Coach Elko, but Elko was known as such the defensive specialist, and I know some of the better defenses that Wake Forest had uh, during recent memory were under Coach Elko's leadership. Do you feel like that Elko uh, mainly is is the reason for Duke's defensive improvement and, and calling the shots on that side of the ball, or do you feel like that things are delegated, just speculating, delegated uh, to his well, defensive court? I mean, I think if you are talking about an indirect impact, then yes, a, a direct and indirect, because maybe he's not calling the plays, but he is a guy that has been a defensive play caller at a bunch of different spots and also worked with guys that were under him. So therefore, you're thinking, okay, if he's teaching these coaches that are on staff, but not the defensive play caller, then the identity is going to look in large part the same. It's exactly why Santucci, when he comes over, he says, yeah, we're not going to change all that much. We'll add a few different wrinkles here and there, something you would expect from a guy that comes from a similar system but is also going to be the new head guy in charge, all these comments are status quo. So, yeah, I think Mike Elko does have a large part in actually changing what is the defensive culture from 2021, which was atrocious. I mean, it was really bad to actually, like, towards the top defenses in all of the ACC. It was a big-time turn in improvement. And so with talented players coming back, yeah, Elko, Santucci, the defensive line, I think you can point to a lot of different areas and say that's why you expect this defense to continue their improvement from last year. Yeah, and we talked about how important Riley Leonard is to that offense, but Dwayne Carter, as we talked about earlier, is maybe the second most important player on this whole Duke team. He's rated the sixth 
best returning interior defensive lineman, according to PFF. He had 52 pressures uh, last season. He trailed uh, only one man among Power 5 interior defensive linemen. So uh, this guy is big time in the middle, man. Well, how about seven forced fumbles? That's a forced fumble every two games, essentially. Yeah. Uh, even a better rate than that. That's a lot of forced turnovers. And so I think... I think that's a little more sustainable. Force fumbles are more so than interceptions. And there's zero advanced stats. Nerdboy Walker does not have the stats on this. <laughs> but it does feel a little more sustainable to have a defensive lineman come back. Okay, Especially if you want to do the whole cliche iron sharpens iron going against a Graham Barton yeah. every single day of the week, right? So if he comes back, you still get in the backfield. You bring a lot of pressure. Even if you don't force seven, but you force five, it's still a pretty big number. 12 forced fumbles in two years. Can you get something like that to help a couple of newcomers in the defensive backfield? I think that's going to help. And another one of the key contributors for this defense alongside him, it's going to be Vince Anthony Jr. He came in, 28 tackles, two pass breakups, fumble recovery last season. I think if you want to see somebody really take a big step up maybe Carter can help him make that big improvement from all right now's your time returning starter not a lot of stats but maybe you can step up and provide more stats this uh, this season. And this is one of the more awkward teams that you're going to go against. You talk about a four-two-five base defense, so they deploy a lot of speed with all those DBs out there. They're gonna I love bring a weird stuff defense, man. Yeah, they're going to bring stuff at you from different angles. So those two linebackers in the middle, Cam Dillon and Dorian Mousey, uh, replacing a Shaka Hayward that was their leading tackler last season. Shaka Hayward, one of the better players in the ACC that not a lot of people talked about as well. So those two linebackers, they're definitely going to have have to be ready to go as well. But as I said, this is a unit that you come in there and you got to go against five defensive backs. I don't think I ever played against a 4-2-5. I believe we did a 3-3-5 we had that's to wild. play against. But yeah, that, that's a different type of defense to go against. Well, and, and you have, if you just look at a couple of the key players, it's why they have a million defensive backs mentioned. Because yes. <laughs> you've got a lot out there on the football field at one point in time. So I wonder if there's going to be any rotation involved. So, for instance, if you have a Brandon Johnson, he spent most of his time at nickel last year. So are you going to put him at the same spot where he had a pretty effective season? Or are you going to move him to a different spot? Like, I, I can't even begin to tell you all of the intricacies that go into to a 4-2-5 defense. It's just not what I usually see when we usually talk about defensive units, but a lot of defensive backs, you're going to be really fast. It's going to be hard to make up ground on 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 some of those defenders, right? And if your defensive lineman can create pressure, right? If this is going to be the strength of that side of the ball. And if you actually are able to get a pass off because you don't have any pressure, there's a lot of tacklers that are fast because they're cornerbacks and safeties closing in on you. I like the idea of it, especially if you have smart minds controlling it in an Elko and somebody familiar like Santucci. Yeah, because when you bring those defensive backs off the edge too, man, that's hard to deal with uh, for offensive linemen speaking from experience. You get a little bit nervous when you see a cornerback or a safety uh, starting to line up yeah. on that edge to come in there because yeah. the first step. But when we come back, we're going to get to some more Panthers talk who will be more successful Steve Wilkes and the 49ers defense or Frank Reich and Carolina's offense and no I did not come up with that topic it's true. that and more he speaks on the Sports truth. Radio 92.7 WFNZ McDonald's is not new to chicken 
So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Willie P. going to join us at 1.30, just 10 minutes away to talk about Charlotte FC, continuing to move on and maybe also talk about some food takes as well. He was asked about one fry that he would eat for the rest of his life if he was only allowed one fry. And uh, he gave us five guys as his answer. So we'll question him on that and uh, see if there are any other names or fast food restaurants, any other fries that we need to bring to the table. I did want to ask a little bit more about Beyonce Guilty Pleasure songs. English Paul wrote in one as well. Say my name for Destiny's Child. I wasn't thinking about Destiny's Child. Oh, but they got I mean, hits on hits. Say my name. One, that, that's my number one answer. And I appreciate English Paul for bringing that to my attention. Because I, think, I just wasn't thinking about Destiny's Child as much as the solo career of Beyonce. I mean, they've got so many. Man. I they mean, do. it was pretty much solo. The girls hardly ever sang, so it was pretty much her solo albums as well. Kelly had enough star power, though. She did, but every now and again, she got to sing. But Destiny's Child was the Beyonce it, show. No, I'm I'm not going to say that it wasn't. But what I will say, it, it it's enough that we can give Kelly her flowers during that time. Michelle... You had to be a super fan, probably, to really <laughs> respect what Michelle's bringing to the table. Yeah. But Beyonce was number one. I think there was enough there for Kelly to to earn the title of a group name instead of just Beyonce and the Beyoncets. Uh, <laughs> They're more uh, than a Beyonce. I mean, I can't remember a lot of Destiny Child songs where Kelly got got the shine. Oh, but you know the one Kelly song after she left Destiny's Child. With Nelly? Even when I'm with my boo. <laughs> and the great part about it is... You have some of those music video references where they're texting back and forth despite them having a significant other. They're texting on spreadsheet. Have mm-hmm. you seen this? So the music video, we need to look it up too. On the music video, I think there is a part in the music video where Kelly is texting Nelly and it's only on spreadsheets. Like, what are you going to do? Send a spreadsheet to him. <laughs> like, I miss you. Yeah, you're just good at what yeah, are you going to do? Yeah, some joints because like this was dope. Yes, uh, after thank she you. Left. Yeah, like th- now after she left, yeah, she did have some joints, but uh, Destiny's Child, that Survivor was fire. Oh, yeah. Survivor it's very dope. good. After the girls had left the group and they were being a little petty, mm-hmm. dropped that mm-hmm. Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was a great poll. That was a, that was the quickest poll you've that had. That was. I mean, that was that's immediately pressing a button as soon as I said, mm-hmm. You dropped that. Very, very nice stuff from you. We also asked a question, what training camp Carolina Panther are you refusing to give up on still to this day? To this day, 803 said, Kealoa Polaris. I was pretty out on Polaris. You got a few Armani Edwards texts. Oh, well, definitely. There. People are loving the Armani Edwards mentions for sure. Getting a lot of mentions here on the text line, 704-570-9610. 803 said, I still believe in Armani. Legendary QB wide receiver. Him leading App State over Michigan is still the stuff of legends. Future Panthers QB right there. Lock it up. Justin from Charlotte. Still believing 
Still believing in Armani <laughs> Edwards there. And then another Beyonce text, just real quickly. 704 said, I worked CIAA when Drunken Love dropped. By the end of CIAA, I probably would have dropped my girlfriend at the time immediately for how much she played it. That song was played out. I they didn't stop playing yeah, that on the radio. Yeah, it yeah. was it was absolutely because there were so many parts. You had people that would sing in on the uh, on the melody or the harmony, whichever one, and then uh, you had the surfboard part <sighs> that they used to love to say, <laughs> surfboard. Yeah, with the T. You had to put the T and then ruffle it to where yeah. you couldn't really understand it. Yeah, you had that, um, and then you had. It, it do say, you know, Jay Z coming in. If I do say so myself, yeah. so many different parts of that song yeah. were uttered constantly that season. <laughs> uh, Cackalack wrote in a great training camp MVP that you still believe in. Do you guys remember Brandon Wager? Do you remember him? I do not. The Tony Pike got me. I do remember him, but Brandon Ta- Wager. Yeah, Brandon, I, he was a running back that would show out, but I like showed out in preseason, had a really interesting story. Barely, uh, barely jarring something up there, Fitty. I'm trying to think what what coach was it? Was was this Foxy? Was this? Oh, no, this was Ron Rivera. Era. This was Riverboat Ron. Was, was it? Was this early Ron? No, not too early. I mean, we can look it up, but Drum. it's it's not early. <laughs> it's, be the intern manager, Fitty. That you always wanted to be. Oh God, I I want that power so bad. No, I. It's too much. You can't. You can't. I. Legitimate question. Who do you think would be intern manager if that job title existed here? Look, I, I'm not saying this because I want the title. We have hired two people in the last year. Troppy, who's in the side studio cutting audio, mm-hmm. and Jaleel, who is our Hornets board op guy during Hornet season. Guess who they personally asked to train them on their jobs? Yeah. Who is it, Fitty? It was me. Okay. So I feel like it should be me because I'm the best. <laughs> <laughs> I just wonder if everybody else would feel that same way. That's what I want to know. And I want to know if any authority figure would feel that same way. I mean, like look, is Jeff or Colin putting you with that title? You know, does if 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 Colin wouldn't trust me, I mean, Colin was the one that told me they've personally asked to be trained by you. So, you know, like, you know, Drum, as I've picked up on, is, is not the biggest fan of me. Mm-hmm. Because of the image that y'all put into his head. Right. Mm. But if he ever wants to have a career here, he better make friends out of me and enemies out of y'all. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's uh that's an interesting take. Seven oh four five seven oh ninety six ten. Feel free to continue to text I look in. At Aaron Rodgers and Bryce Young embrace post practice. Well, yeah, there you go. So we have joint practices just finished a little bit ago within the last hour. The first day of joint practices over and done with between the Jets and the Carolina Panthers. Frank Reich said team was being cautious with Frankie Louvu and LaVisca Chenault. They were both dealing with minor tweaks of an injury, so those guys were not out there. But overall, a solid day for Bryce Young. Joe Person put out some of the stats. He was 14 of 22 passing, did throw an interception, but had a lot of nice looks across the middle of the field. We're getting, we're not getting one day or practice really, Wes, without an interception from Bryce Young. I feel like every single time he does this, it does warrant a question again. Does it bother you? So as we add another interception to a practice day for Bryce, are you to a point at all where you're starting to get worried? Not at all. I mean, I expect quarterbacks to throw interceptions in practice. As I said, there's not the pressure and anxiety of a game in practice. So you're going to be a little bit more loose. You may try a few more things in practice than you would in a game. And sometimes uh, that's going to happen, especially when you talk about 50-50 balls. You want to throw it up for Terrence Mars. You want to throw it up for Jonathan Mingo. Well, sometimes it's going to get intercepted. Those things are going to happen. And so sometimes they're going to be miscommunications, too. 
too. So I'm not worried at all about that. All in all, his training camp has been uh, fantastic. Uh, there were a lot of fans out there too. I'm looking at the panning yeah. uh, shot of all of the fans that were there. But yeah, this is this is great competition. And uh, Sauce Gardner apparently set out today too. So okay, so Sauce Gardner not out there. Yeah, you mentioned the atmosphere. Brian Burns uh, called it circus like. It's cool. It's a hell of a lot of cameras out here. So yes, lots of people documenting what what's going on get that hard knocks love yep that's right uh the jets they debuted the episode debuted last night i did not watch it but i think this is going to be the first year i ever watch hard knocks in its entirety i'm going to watch it uh tonight okay so we'll give you a a full breakdown of hard knocks um (laughs) coming up tomorrow and even uh, camp confidential we got to get to as well and so yeah just speaking of the interception a little bit more real quickly it was a play brandon eccles intercepted bryce young he tipped the ball it hit off of DJ Chark, and then Eccles grabbed it. So a tip ball interception, perhaps. Yeah, he was the guy to replace Sauce Gardner. A little more palatable if yeah. it's a tipped ball. And those are going to happen a, as well. But it was a tipped pass by yeah. uh, Jets defender. Um, but still, it ended up being a turnover. Just a couple more comments to get to real quickly. Hayden Hurst said he liked Jonathan Mingo's game a lot. Jonathan Mingo, I believe, had a touchdown earlier today. If I'm not mistaken, I know he had a big reception as well. Just trying to get some details as they come in here on the Twitter timeline. Real quick, I was going to ask you, too, just veering off to Jets land for a second. What do you think of this budding relationship between Aaron Rodgers and Sauce Gardner? I haven't even I don't even know what to make of it. I didn't even know this was a thing. I'm sorry. Yeah, like he got Aaron Rodgers a chain and then they were basketball games together and Mm -hmm. different things like that. I mean, these two seem to be thick as thieves. What was that sigh over there about between your boy Aaron Rodgers and Sauce Gardner? It's it's just a beautiful thing to see. (laughs) I, I I've said it before. This guy's a turncoat. Green Green Bay Aaron Rodgers can burn in hell. I can't get enough of New York Jets, Aaron Rodgers. He's a, he's a different man. All right, from one New York fan to another, let's go to the Body Works Plus guest hotline and welcome the voice of Charlotte FC, New York Met fan, New York Jet fan, I believe. Willie, do I have that right? Willie P joins us. Do I have that right that you're a Jet fan? Grew up one, definitely. And uh, I can already tell you right now, uh, it didn't take long, but I'm uh, – I'm already tired of jet fitting. I really am. <laughs> he makes one comment, and he's already tired. Well, it was the way that he tried to infiltrate the Jets fandom. It was that he was going to drop the Cowboys, and then at one point he did this with hockey. Are you a fan at all of any of the New York hockey teams, Willie, or do you not care as much? I, I'm an Islander fan, um, and uh, I'm not liking that uh, while being a brief Islander fan, uh, he has now transitioned to becoming a Ranger fan because uh, apparently I just didn't do a good <laughs> enough job coddling him. So it, it, it's okay. He, he needs to feel like he's loved and coddled and, and, and nurtured. So uh, that's basically what it is. Um, final question on the Jets. Have you been one to embrace Aaron Rodgers, a part of the Jets franchise, or do you still dislike him because of what everything that has been a part of his NFL career with the Green Bay Packers? I'm just going to call myself a healthy skeptic because it still is the Jets, and uh, and I've just I have my uh, reservations about whether or not I think it's going to work. I think they I think he's better positioned than uh, than the last Green Bay quarterback that they've tried to resurrect a career from, and uh, I, I have my healthy skeptics because at the end of the day, it is still the Jets. All right, a healthy skeptic, Willie P, joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, the voice of Charlotte FC. Willie, is Friday's match against Inter Miami the biggest match in the club's history so far? I think so, because this is a knockout competition, and it's a situation where you know you have a bigger prize on the line than anything that you've possibly had, uh, at least before. 
I know that folks are looking at this tournament in a different way, and, and I think the players are also thinking about it from the standpoint of it's, it's house money, but the, the prize money at the end of this is the same as you would get for an MLS Cup, and you also have the ability to potentially play international football next year in a CONCACAF Champions Cup, which is honestly a competition that takes place against uh, not just the squads in MLS, but also Liga MX and also throughout the Caribbean. So as a result, this is a situation from Charlotte FC's perspective where you have a lot of things on the line. And then, oh, by the way, standing on the other side is uh, potentially the greatest player who's ever played. Willie P, what does that say about this team? If they are able to get this win, what does it say about their potential? I think the sky's the limit, Wes. And I think this is this. it's further proof positive that this tournament is doing what I think uh, it was designed to do, which is provide a respite from a very long and arduous MLS season. I mean, they played 34 games in the season, which is a very, very difficult thing to go through. And they used to do it in 30 weeks. So they needed something to break up the length of the schedule. I don't think they wanted to make the schedule necessarily shorter, but they needed some other kind of, I would say, recharge that, that would put teams kind of, you know, reset the motivations. I like the placement in the schedule too, where it's right around the summer transfer window and, and right around where it ends so that you can get some of these new players in and some familiarity. We already saw the debut of, of Breck de Ajare, and we're still awaiting the, uh, the debut of, of Yere Yaronin as well. I do feel like this allows teams to kind of recalibrate themselves, recharge, get another prize to play for so that when you hit the MLS season again, there's 11 games and it then turns into a sprint to the finish. Willie P., is this one of those moments for you getting to see uh, Messi play that's just super exciting? And what's going to be your strategy during the game? Are you going to try to get down close enough where you can get some good glimpses of them? Like, how is this going to work? Well, we're calling the game from offside, unfortunately, Wes, so I won't okay. be able to see uh, we'll, we, we will see uh, Messi from afar. But, I mean, it, it's pretty cool. So I, I do feel like from, from this perspective, you know, I, I, people have been asking me whether or not I'm going to, like, give, you know, if Messi happens to score, will it be the same excitement as the Charlotte FC call? At the end of the day, I want Charlotte FC to win. So at this, at this point, it's like, you know, I, I think it's a cool thing. I, I think it's the same way that I looked at the Chelsea match. You know, it, it's cool to have them as the opposition. I think it's really, really cool. I mean, being able to write Lionel Messi down in my in my book, you know, for the first time and have him as a player on the other side and call his name, it is a really, really cool thing. But, you know, once you get between the white lines, he's the enemy. He's the opposition. And uh, at the end of the day, I want Charlotte to see the abuse butt. Call him an op walk. <laughs> <laughs> Willie P joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, the voice of Charlotte FC, but our renaissance man around here covering a lot of different sports. I did want to continue with Charlotte FC just a moment longer because Christian Latanzio was someone that was heavily criticized at the beginning of the season, Willie. I mean, we ask you about job security, understanding the position you're in. Of course, we are understanding of the kind of role that Latanzio has and the kind of role that you have. But those were asked, questions that were still asked to you. Now, after some of this success that they've experienced more recently, what would you say is the mood or the morale of the fan base as it pertains to FC's head coach? I think there's still some skepticism. I think there's still a lot of people who feel like, you know, you can judge this tournament separately to the regular season. And I think there's still the, uh, the health from, from the fan base that still wants to see, okay, well, this, this tournament's all very nice and good, but you know, we want to get in the playoffs. And I think that's, I think, the one thing that will still be a judgment around him, you know, regardless of how deep this run goes. If it ends up ending up in hardware, I definitely think that helps him. 
But I also feel like if they get that and don't have the same type of requisite play on the field against the rest of their MLS opponents, then I think it's a bit of an uneven performance. So I still think that there is a little bit of skepticism from the fan base. Uh, I asked Soren Canetta this morning about evaluating it. He said we're going to wait till after the season. So it does seem like that, that Latanzio is going to get the rest of the year to at least uh, get Charlotte FC closer to the playoffs, if not into the playoffs. And then I think that evaluation will take place. I think that he's done a lot of stri- made a lot of strides with some pieces that have been missing. You know, Enzo Capetti's been out here for the last month or so. Uh, they've not had one of their top defenders in Guzman Carujo. They've had to put a midfielder in at center back, which is something that's very, very difficult to do. A guy in Andrew Privet who's only played six MLS matches, including the ones that he's had here uh, just recently in the lineup. And I also think, too, an opportunity to get some of these newcomers in and, and fully integrated, I think, is something that is needed from uh, from Latanzio from a, from a management standpoint. I think about the way that he uh, went through the Houston game. Uh, all the subs that he made in that contest were proof positive, a, a, a very, very big experience. You got the Ahare playing in there very well. Ajiman, the one sub, scored the goal. And, and I think Ben Bender also offered something, too, going forward. So uh, more recently, his in-game management has definitely been something that I think you can say has been a positive for Charlotte. And then, Willie P., switching gears to the Carolina Panthers, what's been your impressions of Bryce Young so far in training camp? I think he's just very poised, Wes. I think he's somebody who, when you look at him, I understand people will look at him and say all the things about his size, but I think he overcomes his size better than anybody we've seen play that position to this point because he can get into those areas that are maybe more uh, slithery somewhat, so so to speak. And he's, he's very, very great in the pocket. And I think, too, you know, you're seeing his processing, comprehension, all those things that we heard about in the pre-draft process now actually play out on the field. And I love that, you know, we heard from Bradley Bozeman after the, uh, the Fan Fest about how he's, you know, taking the lead in meetings and being the guy who, when they have exotic looks, you know, leading those type of conversations. It just further enforces why I think he was the right pick, and uh, I can't wait to see what it looks like actually on the game field. Willie, did you operate in a space in which money was no object when you decided five guys' fries were the one fry that you would choose to eat for the rest of your life if you were limited to one store only? I, I did I did operate that, that money was no object. I'm not going to sit here and say that, that eating at five guys is something that uh, doesn't require a little extra Benjamins every once in a while. But uh, well, but if I'm having to, to deal with you know one fry for the rest of my life, uh, I feel like Five Guys is uh, is a class in itself. That's, that's what I'm saying. Uh, plain or ketchup or another condiment? There are you just what? What? How are you eating the Five Guys fries? I mean, I, I, I with Five Guys, it's got to be ketchup, I think. But uh, but I do love the, the various different sauce accoutrements that uh, all these other restaurants have. You know, the garlic <laughs> aiolis, etc. Uh, bossy sauce is my favorite so uh, of the uh, of the non uh, non ketchup, or at least I guess it is a ketchup base, but the uh, the non ketchup options you can put on fries, but uh, but definitely uh, anything. I just don't like the malt vinegar. That's the only thing I don't like on the fries. I'm not a big fan of the malt vinegar. Uh, some strong condiment, or I should say, accoutrement takes from Willie P <laughs> on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Willie, we appreciate it all the time, man. Thanks for hopping on. Thank you, guys. That's Willie P with strong fry takes. Great Charlotte FC analysis. 
and even sprinkling a little a little bit of Carolina Panther takes in there for you. Very that's versatile our, man. That's our man, Willie P. Um, maybe we skip this one, Fitty. Is that okay with you? All right, thumbs up. We didn't hear any barking. I'm surprised. Usually I get some kind of criticism, but we'll skip this Fitty Flash. It's coming at some point. It is. We'll give him a whole segment. How about that? How about we give you Fitty's favorites? Fitty's favorites, sports-related shows of all time. It's coming up next. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I'm getting to learn how to dance these days in the studio. Yes, you're learning radio techniques, but you're also learning how to dance because Sweet Dreams, as I mentioned, it's a banger. And I was trying to I was trying to get some Beyonce songs out there because Beyonce will be doing a concert at Bank of America Stadium tonight. I wanted to make sure that we had Beyonce covered here by playing some music. Fitty rolled his eyes a little bit, but I saw you moving your shoulders a little bit to what is a great beat in Sweet Dreams. Apology accepted, Fitty. Your dance is the apology, and I'm telling you, apology accepted. And for that, I will give you the floor to go with Fitty's favorites. It's going to be all about sports shows, all-encompassing. It can be Friday Night Lights, maybe a drama. It can be Baseball Tonight, something like that, a sports-related news format show, anything like that. It's all-encompassing. With that being said, Fitty, what's your fifth favorite sports-based show of all time? Number five. All right. So you have it on the list in front of you. And this is the great thing about radio is that you can edit it and never know about it. I had Hard Knocks written down. But that's just in the spirit of the Cowboys being on Hard Knocks two years ago. Now, my beloved Jets are on Hard Knocks. But that's not the answer. How about pardon the interruption, PTI? No, it's a staple. It's it's an OG debate format show that opened up everything. It's a great mention, and I'm glad you put it on here. It's the only show, I think, still going on, on ESPN that, like, even, like, Around the Horn isn't what it used to be. Around the Horn is still getting massive ratings, though. It's still good, but, like... As a kid, it was a must-watch television. Now, because like I don't know if Woody Page is on there every day, Tim Kalashaw. They're just old. Yeah. Woody Page is so old now. I love him. He's That's a great just, Twitter follow. Well, and plus the, the classic back, uh, blackboard in the background, excuse me, with the, uh, the chalkboard. When you have <laughs> that in the background, a different saying, it was always great to check in what was going to be there. I went back and watched the first-ever episode of PTI, and it's always interesting to see how young Tony Kornheiser and Mike Wilbon were and to see what some of their dialogue was as they were launching that quote experiment as they called it any love for pti west yeah i did like pti uh especially in the beginning it was a show i kind of tailed off as time went on but it's still a classic legendary show love around the horn as well so pti i'm glad it made the list number four fitty number four 
So number four, I went with Inside the NBA. And uh, I think it's very well known. I'm not the biggest NBA fan currently. Loved the NBA growing up as a kid. Not too much of a fan of the Encore product we have today. And the, But this is where it saves it because the Inside the NBA, it's, it's must-watch television. Was it Tuesdays and Thursdays it comes on? And then, of course, during the postseason, right. it, it follows every game that TNT broadcasts on the West Coast. It's going to be different whenever... Because one of their one of their contracts is up soon, and then one of them has said, as either Shaq or, or Charles said, when it's over, it's over. They're not going to do it anymore. Well, I know Dan Patrick said that. I, I maybe yeah, that Charles was, just got a big deal. Yeah, maybe, maybe it was Shaq. I know one of them said that their their time on their show is coming to an end. Look, you're not necessarily going to that show for hardcore analysis. You're going there to laugh and be entertained, and that's what Charles Barkley and Shaq are going to do for you. Every once in a while, you'll get the breakdown from Kenny Smith running back to the projector. Yeah, Kenny gives you the hardcore basketball. Uh, hardcore is still a stretch for me, but he gives you the analysis. I, I'm i entertained, though, and well, that's the, all that matters. The entertainment is watching him run to the... Yes. Like, you know, that's the best part. Shaq trip over. And, and then I'm glad that they put trip. it on NBA TV the next day all morning so you can catch up on it. I mean, I used to watch that in college when I would stay up all night, but now I can't stay up till 1.30, 2 o'clock oh, to watch yeah. Inside the NBA. Yeah, those guys were I real. catch it on the rerun. Well, and Ernie Johnson isn't a legend. I mean, just Oh, no. Famer for a reason. He oh. might be the greatest sports TV host of all time. Like studio host. Yeah. He's up there, man. Yeah. And even play-by-play. Play. Even play. Ooh, no, his play-by-play is not baseball's, good. Baseball's good. No, it's not. Ooh, okay. It's, it's not. Okay. Wow. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Strong take. I don't want to argue this. I don't want that smoke. Go on to the next one. <laughs> Number three. Number three. It's 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 still high because this show isn't what it was when it was a kid. But it's still. I watch this every Saturday at the end of the college football day. It's college football final. As a kid growing up watching Reese Davis, Lou Holtz, and Mark May be on this set at 1 a.m. talking about the day of college football. Remember, Wes used to do like the verdict where they would yes, put on the Yes, I do. Used to like that. Yeah, that was dope. Matt, Lou Holtz. Matt Berry is very good. Jesse Palmer and Joey Galloway aren't bad. The show isn't what it used to be. But, man, I still love so it. So, wait, this was Mark May and Lou Holtz? Yeah. What was that? Is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. But now it's Galloway, Palmer. Right. And, yeah. Uh, no, I love college football final. I have it on record during the season. I watch it Sunday morning. That's pretty much my ritual. That is the first thing I watch on Sunday morning is college football final so I can go back through and get all of my highlights. I mean, Lou Holtz is just hilarious. And the Twitter accounts that have come up <laughs> making fun of Lou I'm going to tell you. I'm just trying to do this. Ending every <laughs> other word with an SH. It's hilarious. I mean, wait, did Lou Holtz was out of the game by the time you got recruited or was he still? No, no, he was at South Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. That's what I was at. Okay. Well, because Spurrier was at Florida still. I was trying to figure out if he, but barely. So like he would have left not too long after that. Gotcha. Yeah, that was always, the verdict is so true. Mark May had the gown on. Mm -hmm. That's so true. That's a great mention. I forgot all about that show, to be honest. What's the next one you got, Fitty? Number two. So since you allowed TV shows to be uh, on this list, I'm going with the show that uh, the fact that you haven't seen it does make me question your manhood on a daily basis. A daily basis. It's it's Friday Night Lights. Okay. <laughs> the first. So I've gotten my man card revoked by talking Beyonce for a couple of minutes at the beginning of the show <laughs> by Bud Lightyear. And now you for having not seen Friday Night Lights. Yeah, because, I mean, you need some Eric Taylor, Matt Saracen, Tim Riggins, Jason Street. You need these people wow. in your lives. Did and you like the show, Wes? 
Yes, I did. Right. And that's your analysis. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because no. I went back through because I kind of caught it at the end with Michael B. Jordan when it was first out. But then during the pandemic, when you had all that time to binge, I went back through it from the genesis of it. Yeah, man, I love it. Love the movie as well, even though they embellished a bit. But the show is great. Yeah, people love it. I, I'm not opposed to it. It's just not anything that I've taken the time to go through. The ending was a little bit. I mean, I get it. He he sacrificed for his wife, and that was that was good. But I still thought the ending was a little bit left a little bit to be desired. That would be your favorite, to be honest. No, it's not. Whenever you have time to cut off the Discovery Channel, it's it's right there, like on seventeen <laughs> different streaming platforms. <laughs> it's Animal Planet. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. So Move number on. one. Number one. Um, it's College Game Day. I'm, me and Flounder are going week one when it's here in Charlotte for Carolina, South Carolina to kick off the season. Of course, you hear the music to set up the campus corner segment every day at 1245. I have a special college game day alarm that is set during the college football season because it is must watch TV to get you ready for 12 hours of nonstop Big Ten and SEC football. What is the dynamic shift for you with Pat McAfee being such a big part of it these days? Hated him at first. When they first brought him on, I thought, you know, we got enough chaches at ESPN. Why add another? But, you know, look, you know, college game day needed to uh, needed to revamp. It needed to rebrand. He gets it. He's, he's good at what he does. He's perfect for that show. And, yeah, I mean, like, who doesn't want a... Now an overweight former kicker yelling Rocky Top at the top of his lungs no, on a I, Saturday morning. I want all of it injected into my veins because now you're going to have the hype man that was Lee Corso turned into Pat McAfee, except be something entirely different, doing stuff that Lee Corso wasn't doing. But you needed that bridge because we all know they've hung on to Lee Corso quite a bit. Turned 88 the other day. So now that you shift from Pat McAfee, the show is fantastic. Any problems with this being number one? No, not at all. When I was a kid, this was the end all be all. You could not wait for Saturday to get there because there was no 24-hour news cycle. So you got your college football happenings on Saturday on game day. And today, I kind of feel bittersweet on it. I still do watch it, but you get so much news during the week that by the time you get to game day, there's not much new that they're going to tell you. And they do run a lot of the features during the week, too, yeah, which do. can be a little frustrating. But other than that, though, I still like it. I think Desmond Howard doesn't know anything that he's <laughs> talking about on the show. So you have the person you hate. You have oh, the person yeah. you love. Yeah, Desmond, you, just, you can tell he's just flying by the seat of his pants. He's like, yeah, 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 it's going to be a good game. Oh, I mean, he's Desmond. talking about teams, and you know that he has no clue about these said teams. All but right. anyway, JJ, uh, I love the show. JJ said NBA inside stuff with Ahmad Rashad. It's oh, just a throwback. classic. It's Jam just session. So what? It's just so good. 704, Good Morning Football. Good Morning Football is a good show. I really enjoy it. I don't watch that football. very often. Me neither. I, I think it's more accessible. I think when you're talking about the accessibility issue, NFL Network, it's what it's on. But when you tune in, because I didn't used to watch it. Not not a big fan of Peter Schrager. Um, oh, and who's the I other? I agree with oh, you. Oh, it's Kyle. Kyle Brand. Brand. Oh, oh. Oh, God. Yeah. Is that I a agree. sagebrush? Oh, God. No, is that, that is something a, entirely different. I got to agree with Fiddy on this one. I, I like the show. I think they do a good yeah, job. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Schrager. Great content producers is what Good Morning Football is. We can get to some of the other sports show takes on the other side of the break. We also need to bring plenty more Panthers content to the table. Live wire. Lots more to get to. Plus, drums decisions. I mean, still, just a smorgasbord of content. Wes <laughs> Walker. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.